1: Ever snore so loud it registered as an earthquake or you woke up with a throat as dry as the Sahara Desert and a headache that could stop a locomotive? Well, I've had all of these because I have sleep apnea. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. Yep. I wear a machine plugged into a wall attached to a hose every night. Sound Sleep Medical changed all of this for me, and they can do that for you. They specialize in providing oral appliance therapy for individuals suffering from sleep disorders. In many cases, oral appliances have proven to be as effective as CPAP machines in treating sleep apnea. The lack of sleep is a serious health risk and has been linked to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and even depression. The oral appliance I got from Sound Sleep Medical has freed me from a hose. I can go anywhere and I've never slept better. Call Sound Sleep Medical today. Seriously, for a limited time, the first 25 people that call get a free consultation worth 200 bucks. Call 801-783-5451. It's 801-783-5451. Hello, this
0: is Jim Bennett.
2: I'm Abby Bennett.
0: And this is Dinner Table Politics, and it's the last Dinner last Table Politics
2: one of, the year. of
0: 2018. Of course, all of our Dinner Table Politics have been in 2018.
2: This year has lasted forever.
0: It's lasted a very long time want to, however, congratulate Abby on finishing her finals. That's, Thank you. That's, Thank
2: you. I survived.
0: She survived. That's the reason she was not here last week. You listened to the Scott and Eliza podcast. Steven though. and Eliza. Steven. Some uncle right. you are. I'm an idiot. Yes. Uh, they're both well, here like now. You're going to say it, I guess. That's right. Well, and you need to tell everybody about your big Christmas present. I
2: got a cat and she's so cute and her name's Wednesday and she's Like, she's a black kitten, and she's so perfect, and I love her more than any creature in the whole world.
0: Oh, well, that's that's nice. Your dog's going to be really upset about that.
2: It's okay. He doesn't understand English. Oh, that's She's a lot smarter than him.
0: The name Wednesday is really interesting because when I try to tell everybody, it's like, well, Abby named her Wednesday. It's like, oh, really? What did she name her? The name She named her on Wednesday. It's like who's on first. It's a total who's on first sort of thing. Wednesday, Wednesday Adams is the name and we had she's a, a
2: gothic queen she's
0: a gothic queen and we had a black cat named fester who is also an adams family character so this rip
2: in peace fester yes miss you every day buddy
0: yes we have we had if two you're cats. listening
2: to this in cat heaven
0: that's right so everybody the great
2: litter box in the sky
0: the great litter box in the sky so everybody tuning in now knows everything they need to know about the bennett family you're all cats. caught up so we need to dive into politics the problem is politically everything is kind of quiet at the moment the government has completely shut down
2: oh did you hear the thing about fred trump that came out today though no how the doctor that said that donald trump had bone spurs did it as a favor to donald's dad because he practiced out of a building that that trump owned
0: well gee that's a shocker Ta-da! everybody's surprised by that yeah bone spurs kept him out of vietnam uh, you know, well, and the other thing, when Donald Trump took – you're the one who I, – I went and looked at the video, but you're the one who told me the story of how the seven-year-old called in
2: oh, yeah. to like, talk to the you, president. Like some kids you, you call um, – what's that? What's the organization's name that tracks Santa? NORAD? Yeah. If you call NORAD um, to see where Santa is, like they let a few kids talk to the president. They like route them to the president and a seven-year-old called and, and Donald Trump said – so you're seven. You still, um, what did he say?
0: said, you still believe in Santa, right? At, at
2: age seven, it's marginal, right? Like, about her belief in Santa, <laughs> which is pretty funny.
0: Well, thankfully, I don't think a seven-year-old has any idea what marginal means. Yeah. If they got off the phone, they said, okay, what does that mean? He said it was the marginal. The
2: seven-year-old was calling to ask where Santa was. So I guess I bet you can assume that her belief isn't marginal.
0: Well, I always check NORAD to see where Santa is on Christmas Eve. And you know where that comes from? Apparently, at one point, they advertised the address of NORAD for the North Pole. There was one year, and they got inundated with legitimate questions about where Santa is. And so NORAD thought that was fun and has decided to do it every year. But it was a mistake to begin with. So good times. That's your tax dollars at work.
2: I'm not mad about it.
0: I'm not mad about it either. I think it's charming. The, The videos of tracking Santa have changed every year, but they have gotten more sophisticated. And I remember reading a column by George Will, a political columnist, where he described the physics of what it would take for Santa to deliver all of his presents. And basically what would happen is that the sleigh would his burst into face flames. would melt off. Yeah, he'd have to be going so fast that he would just burst into flames and the whole thing would disappear. But there is a book that describes Santa as being able to do it by manipulating the space around him.
2: Yeah, I always thought Santa was magic. I don't think he obeys the laws of... Everyday physics. Like well, no, but this I. explains
0: Santa with everyday physics. But Santa's got a whole year before we okay. come around. Okay, well, next
2: Christmas time. is over. So. Christmas
0: is over, but the the government shutdown is not. The
2: government shutdown is not.
0: And the going on day five. Going on day five with no end in sight, and Trump is, is insisting that he he wants five billion dollars for a border wall. He's come down from that. Except, I just does any do any of Trump supporters remember? The campaign where Trump kept promising that Mexico was going to pay for this wall?
2: You know what Mexico did promise to pay for? This is a true story. What? Trump's psychiatric care. (laughs) The Mexican president said that.
0: Well, that's going to be a whole lot less expensive than a border wall, isn't it?
2: I I don't know.
0: You think Donald Trump's psychiatric care is going to cost a lot of money?
2: Um, Less than $5 billion, but... A lot, I would say. That was rude. I'm not, I shouldn't have joked about that. Uh Oh. But yeah, the wall is ridiculous.
0: Well, what's interesting though, President Trump was being criticized as being the first president not to visit the troops over a Christmas holiday. And turns out today that he has flown to Iraq in a secret visit. I thought
2: he's pulling all the troops out of Iraq.
0: Oh, well, I thought so too, except there's still some troops apparently in Iraq, and he's decided to go over there. He's at Al-Assad Air Base, and he's saying we are no longer suckers. We're no longer the suckers, he says. Uh, we are very respected again in the world, and all, I think, because of Donald Trump's genius and the majesty of his presidency. That's
2: what watching only one TV channel all day does to your brain.
0: Yeah, and he's- This pres- is your
2: brain. This is your brain on Fox News.
0: It is nice, though, that he's out visiting the troops. Yeah. Uh, I remember in 2003, Christmas of 2003, during the middle of the Iraq war, George W. Bush hopped on Air Force One, didn't tell anybody, and showed up in the middle of a war zone. And that was really amazing.
2: How? Do, if he didn't tell anybody, how do you know that?
0: Well, he didn't tell anybody in the media, but I'm sure he told somebody. I think he told the pilot of Air probably Force One. Probably, he
2: would have to tell him. Maybe he got, maybe the pilot got lost and he was trying to go to, like, Tahiti.
0: Right. No, he had to tell people. But that was considered to be a remarkable feat. It was the first time the President of the United States had been in an active war zone. And so it's kind of cool that Donald Trump is doing that. But I think that's probably the only thing that's cool about what Donald Trump yeah.
2: is doing. Okay, I have a question. Yes. So the government's mm-hmm. shut down. Don't the Republicans control every single, like they control the House, the Senate, and the President, right? Like, so why is there a shutdown? Because
0: the because of the rules of the Senate. Because in order to get anything done in the Senate, you have to have sixty votes, not fifty. Okay. Uh, It's the whole. How
2: how many Republican seats are there in the Senate
0: right now? There are fifty-two, and uh, at the next year there'll be fifty-four. Okay. So they need either six or eight Democrats, depending on when they And do I don't this.
2: think Democrats are going to flop for that.
0: Well, it all depends on who's winning politically. Because
2: Democrats have, like, apparently, like, in the plan that they've set forth, they've set aside, like, a couple billion for border control, just not right. a wall.
0: Right. Well, what I think is likely to happen is that eventually something will get passed and the Democrats will say this is not funding for the wall and Donald Trump will say, this is funding for border security and that's all I wanted. Because if you listen to Donald Trump now, that's all he says is border security. He's not saying wall no, now, he's No, he's totally saying
2: wall. In his tweets at least, wall, 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 wall. He tweeted a picture of of the wall that he wants. And it's just giant spikes in the ground. Oh, yeah,
0: but he said it was very beautiful.
2: Yeah, which what, to each their own, I suppose. What a Modern lovely... art, I don't get a lot of it, so...
0: Well, the thing that's so... so apparently $5 billion dollars can buy 214 miles of wall along a 2000 mile border oh where we already have 650 miles that have some kind of physical obstruction that we we have built a wall on the 650 miles where a wall is something that's going to be helpful and matter so what Donald Trump is asking for is a symbolic gesture that he's able to wave in the face of all of the nationalists who think it's important and who like to scapegoat immigrants for all of our problems. But it's going to do absolutely nothing for border security.
2: And I feel like everyone knows that except for Trump.
0: I think Trump knows that too. I don't think there's any question in my mind that Donald Trump knows that. He doesn't care. Donald Trump is just focused on being cool and playing to his base because he knows that he's not going to be able to enlarge or expand his base. And so he's terrified that if he doesn't keep them happy, that there's no possible way that he can get reelected.
2: I don't understand how not having Mexico pay for the wall... like would keep what people are still okay with that that he's just like going back on that promise
0: well i don't think people's attention our spans dog is are ringing out of the toilet right now you're not supposed to say that i don't know that they can hear Titus, it can they? that's gross all right well so this is the dinner table and that's part of dinner table politics
2: this is real life people
0: well when we get, get back, get used to it get used to it and when we get back from our break we're going to talk about the political implications of the wall for the 2020 election Okay, so Donald Trump is involved entirely in political calculus here, as far as I'm concerned. He's completely focused on the 2020 election. And the question then becomes, who is Donald Trump going to be running against in the 2020 election? What's your answer to that? If you had to lay money on it today, who do you think the Democratic nominee is going to be in two years?
2: I don't know. Maybe Joe Biden?
0: Joe Biden. Interesting choice. Beto? Beto? Beto, another interesting choice.
2: What does interesting mean?
0: Uh, well, I'm comparing it to these poll results. I'm looking at an article from USA Today where they've polled Democrats. How many? Oh, uh, well, I'm not sure what the sample. Okay, this, the sample size, 689 registered voters who are Democrats or independents. Margin of error, plus three plus or minus 3.7 percentage points. Okay. So this is only of registered voters, not likely voters. So, and it's got a pretty big margin of error, but at this point it doesn't matter because there's no possible way to be able to measure okay, this. Okay, All okay. right, so without looking at this, who do you think is at the top of the list? Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the first actual person at the top of the list. What? But above Joe Biden is someone entirely new.
2: Oh, I'd never heard of them before.
0: No. Well, you, if you'd heard of them, they wouldn't be someone that was entirely a, new. It was
2: a dad joke.
0: Uh, I know. That's,
2: well, da, 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 da.
0: well, that was a dad joke in response, too. Uh, did you think it was funny?
2: Uh, you've had better.
0: Okay, nearly 6 in 10 of those surveyed, 59%, said they would be excited about a candidate who was someone new. Only 11% they prefer a new face, not run. That's directly from the USA Today article. Okay. But right after someone entirely new is Joe Biden, who is exactly the opposite.
2: Does Joe Biden have a, like an identical twin that we don't know about? Uh, That could be someone entirely new.
0: I don't know. I, I like Joe Biden personally, but Joe Biden, we have a family connection to Joe Biden. Right. Your grandfather was very good friends with Joe Biden and considered him his best friend on the other side of the aisle. And Joe Biden always called my father bishop because dad was an LDS bishop for a long time. And Joe Biden was one of the most devout Catholics in the Senate. And he told the story that there was a movement among Catholic bishops who said, we need to start excommunicating all pro-choice Catholic public officials, and we need to start with Joe Biden. Huh. And they said, why Joe Biden? And he said, because Joe Biden is the only one who would care. Huh. Because Joe Biden is a very ardent and very devout practicing well, Catholic. Up. Yeah. But uh, they used to trade religious books on the floor of the Senate. It's would, like
2: Pokemon cards, except way more boring.
0: Right, right. I remember Dad was reading a book called uh, Papal Lies. And Joe Sounds Biden, like
2: a real page-turner. Yeah,
0: uh, and I said, where did you get that? And he says, oh, Joe Biden gave it to me. So I don't know if Joe Biden has any interest in joining the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as a result of my father's influence. It doesn't sound like he does. Uh, but they did have a lot of mutual respect for each other. And Joe Biden called my mother after dad died and they had a nice long conversation he, he didn't come to the funeral he said if i come to the funeral the secret service service has to come to the funeral and it's a big mess and i don't
2: dang you have if you're in that position you have an excuse to get out of everything right right well that's the dream
0: that's the dream so
2: I never have to go to another family party ever again.
0: No, but it was a tribute to my father, the, the two main speakers. I got to speak. And then right after me, Mitch McConnell, the Senate majority leader spoke. And right after that, Harry Reid, the Senate minority leader spoke, which I thought was interesting. Dad was always defending Harry Reid to fellow church members because they were the members of the same church. And there are a lot of, can I say Mormons? You're not supposed to say Mormons anymore.
2: I'll allow it.
0: You'll allow it. There are a lot of Mormons who don't think Harry Reid is a good member of the church because he's a democrat and dad had absolutely no patience for that. He insisted he's one of the things he said was Harry Reed is probably the best home teacher in the church. Except we don't have home teaching in the church anymore.
2: Yeah, we have a lot of semantics that are getting Yeah, mixed so up it's in this it's podcast. it's
0: all confused, it's all mixed up. But anyway, so it's very hard for me to separate my personal affection for Joe Biden for my...
2: Yeah, his his family stories too. like I, Oh, I have, yeah. I have a big soft spot in my heart for him just because of all the stuff he's been through. He's
0: been through a whole lot. Uh, the death of his son most recently. And that was, I think, the reason he didn't run this last time around. I think yeah. if he had won, run this last time around, he would have won. And I think he missed his chance. Yeah. He's 76 years old. He would be the oldest person ever elected president.
2: Wait, how old was Reagan?
0: Reagan was 69.
2: Oh, dang. Donald
0: Trump was 71. Donald Trump is the oldest person now ever to be elected but president. But
2: he's, he's so healthy, though.
0: Right. He Who's the healthiest president the that's healthiest ever been. The
2: healthiest president that's ever lived. He, ever. He
0: actually had a statement by that from a doctor. Do you think yeah. this is the same doctor who said he had bone spurs?
2: Besides his bone spurs, he's incredibly healthy.
0: So, I don't know. Uh, Joe Biden, I just think his time has passed. And if you look at that polling number where everybody wants somebody new, yeah. it's also, they list all the people. So in order, it goes someone entirely new, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders. Although what's interesting is that this thing is broken down. Oh,
2: Bernie, I forgot about him. Yeah, Ber- how old is he?
0: I think Bernie's older than Joe Biden. I think he's 78. He looks or he would be 78. older than Joe Biden. Yeah, and mom always said that uh, Bernie he, he always liked Bernie's wife. well we never talk to my mother about any senators. It's like, oh, well, he has a very nice wife.
2: Oh, that's good. So that's important. She should know. run. Someone entirely new.
0: She should run. So the first person we get who's someone entirely new on this list is Beto O'Rourke.
2: Yeah, not really new, but
0: well, he is on the on the presidential scene.
2: Yeah. He, he was a representative for a long time, though.
0: Right. He was a representative, and he, was, uh, he ran against Ted Cruz and did better than anybody expected him to do, and I think that gave him enough of a platform to launch him on a national stage. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the dynamics of the primary on the Democratic side this time around.
2: Gosh, I'm so tired. of Presidential election season is so draining.
0: Well, and it's 2018. Presidential election season never ends. In fact, New Hampshire, which has the first presidential primary in the country, is talking now about moving its presidential primary to the end of 2019 so that we start voting for president the year before the presidential election. Yeah. I mean, that's just bizarre to me. Yeah, we, there's never yeah. enough time where we I just... can't
2: imagine running. That would be so miserable and just, just, ugh.
0: Well, I don't know. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about presidential politics and maybe some local politics and what we can do to be able to alleviate the endless campaign season. So I heard something this past week about Mitt Romney that I didn't realize before.
2: He's a robot.
0: He is, a, he is not a robot. Although he did do mm, a top... Agree to disagree. <laughs> he did do a top 10 list with David Letterman once. And one of the things was, I'm the guy whose picture comes with the frame.
2: The stock photo, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like spot on. Eerie.
0: Yeah. Mitt, Mitt Romney. Anyway... I I heard actually that Mitt Romney has said he's told everybody around him that he doesn't plan to run again. That he's only run he's only going to serve one term in the Senate and be done. Why? Well, he's old too. He's the same age as so, Donald Trump. So
2: he came to Utah because he you know he he knew he'd win, and then just did it as like a a like a a final lap around the field. Like I don't I, understand. I think he
0: sees it as a public service. I, I genuinely sees it as a public service. I was very confused when he ran, you know, we approached him. We've talked about this. Yeah. The United Utah Party approached him, and we ended up talking to his campaign guy, and I think we had convinced him that it was worth something considering if Orrin Hatch was going to run again.
2: But he retired.
0: But Orrin Hatch decided not to run, and Mitt realized that he didn't need to run against Orrin Hatch. Yeah. So I I was so confused by Mitt Romney's decision to run for the Senate because— I thought that in 2016, he was trying to set himself up as the principled conservative opposition uh-huh. to Donald Trump. And he hasn't been behaving like the principled conservative right. opposition He's to Donald been... Trump. He's accepted his, his endorsement. He's praised the number of things Trump has done. It was really embarrassing right after Trump won to see Mitt Romney going to dinner with him, groveling, trying to become Secretary of State. Yeah,
2: that was a big bummer.
0: It, it just, it, it, and so it's just, so what do you want to do? And the guy I talked to was saying he's willing to be the principal opposition to Donald Trump when it matters. And that came out a little bit this last week when Secretary Mattis resigned. Did you see that? Mad app? Dog. Mad Dog Mattis yeah. resigned. And he wrote this scathing letter where he talked about all of the things that Donald Trump is doing that violate international norms and policy norms of of presidents of both parties and how Donald Trump is alienating allies? You know, for Donald Trump to go to Syria and say, oh, "I'm sorry," to go to to Iraq and say, "Oh, this is great. We're more respected than we've ever been." Yeah, it's exactly the opposite of the truth.
2: Yeah, that that letter was pretty scary.
0: It was well, and and Mitt Romney issued a tweet saying exactly issued what I just issued a tweet. Is that he tweeted a tweet? You don't Here by decree. <laughs> But Mitt Romney's tweet... By this th- tweet... He, he essentially reinforced everything that Mad Dog said. and said, Can I call him Mad Dog? I don't know him personally.
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's not here. He's not here. What's he going to do?
0: That's right. Well, he's a pretty tough guy. So, he's but pretty old. That he made it clear him. that Mitt Romney is willing to stand up, but...
2: So is that why he's only running for one term? So he can, like, piss off his constituents, but, like, go against Donald Trump? Well, I I'll just say piss off?
0: I don't know. You've said it on this podcast before, or I think Eliza has. I don't know. I have to click a little box that says that whether the podcast is clean or dirty, and I haven't clicked the dirty box as a result of that. But I'm not going to say it again. We get one free, you know,
2: okay.
0: marginal thing there. But I, I think he's genuinely running with a sense of public service. Orrin Hatch didn't want to have a big, nasty fight for his seat. An inter party fight, and there were a lot of interparty squabbles in the Utah Republican Party, yeah, and everybody could essentially agree on Mitt Romney. There was a guy who ran against him i can 't even remember his name, which means that there are a bunch of people, but there there was a conservative sort of push against him. Uh, the United Utah Party wanted somebody to run, and they actually even talked to me, and i said i don 't want to run yeah, against Mitt be Romney." Awful. Well, it's like well, you wouldn't win, but no t- doy You would, you would, you would keep the party's name out there. And I thought, well, we would keep the party's name out there. I don't think it's helpful. to
2: I already did my time.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Talked to a guy who lost, who said, you know, if you run again, you means you haven't learned from the first kick of the mule. Yeah. And that's a little bit how I feel about this, but. That's a whole other issue. Together, I, 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 you know, a lot of people talk about public service as just being public service, but I think in Mitt Romney's case, I think he really means it. I, I think he's he's he he's wants rich
2: to, enough that like he can do whatever the heck he wants,
0: which is true. Getting and, that
2: rich affords you just a type of freedom. You're like liberated, right? Sort
0: of. So I think there's something very uh, respectable about using that kind of freedom and those kinds of resources to be able to benefit your state and your country and to give one final contribution. And I think that that's going to be... And the fact that he is not running again frees him up to take unpopular positions. Uh, when I, when he I could
2: wo- just like, sit in the Senate chamber all day and make fart noises at yes. this point.
0: I think there's a movement of people, however, who would welcome Mitt Romney if he were to decide to run either as an independent or to challenge Donald Trump in a presidential primary.
2: I don't think he would win, though.
0: I don't think he'd come anywhere close to winning particularly at this stage in the game. I think if he had done it year, uh, four years ago or two years ago, which is still two years removed, uh, it might have been a different story, but I think he would have lost then too. Yeah. There's a, there's a growing number of people who are trying to draft John Kasich to do that. and Michelle I, Obama. Uh, Michelle Obama, what? Is, I would love that. Well, she would have to run as a Democrat. I'm talking about an inter-party challenge I know, to but Donald I Trump. just
2: thought about her and I got excited. Well, that's I great. love her.
0: That's wonderful. That's a delightful thing to hear. But uh, presidents, the last elected president who was denied his party's nomination after seeking it.
2: George H.W.?
0: No. No. Franklin Pierce.
2: Oh. That, I don't know who
0: that is. Well, you're, you're not alone. Uh, presidents who want to run again get their party's nomination. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So then the question becomes, does Donald Trump want to run again?
2: I don't know. I think he's getting tired of, like, just being hated. I think he's used to being surrounded by, like, yes men who just, like, love him because he's rich. But
0: Well, I kept thinking when he was first elected, and we nobody could believe that he was elected, I kept thinking he was going to quit. Yeah. I kept thinking he'd say, you know, I don't need this. Have a nice day. I think his pride has been wounded to the point where he needs to prove to all the haters that he can win re-election. I, I I don't think he's going to step down. And I and I don't think he's going to lose his base. I and it's interesting because the, the one area that unites Republicans more than any other. What do you think it is? Hatred
2: throw, of Democrats.
0: Well, okay, yes. But you have the never Trump Republicans who still don't support Donald Trump and Yet they're united behind one issue, where they're willing to hold their noses and vote for Trump just to make sure that this issue is taken care of. What abortion? Would you, uh, yeah, more or less. Judges. 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 The Supreme Court, and it's it's very telling that uh, you have this huge interest in the health of Ruth Bader Ginsburg rbg rbg your sister got an rbg sweatshirt for christmas yeah
2: it says no one got the reference except for like it's it says the the notorious rbg and then she's wearing a crown it's reminiscent of the notorious big an album where he's also wearing a crown but my parents both didn't know who that was i know who that was you know who biggie smalls is
0: i know what that picture is because it was in luke cage
2: oh my goodness yeah okay so there you go we're so white uh, yes. And then we went, and then we went at <laughs> gra- uh, my grandma's house. We were playing Times Up, a game where like you have to guess, like if like act out something and then guess the name whatever and biggie smalls was one of the cards and my uncle yelled uh biggie littles because we were talking about biggie smalls earlier and it was just like
0: nobody knew who that was
2: yeah and he said biggie littles i thought that was really funny
0: that same uncle would know very well who ruth bader ginsburg is yeah law professor
2: but i would argue that Biggie smalls is more prolific and more important to american history than ruth bader ginsburg all
0: right uh you know i'm not gonna fight you
2: born to die is a perfect album
0: i'm sure it is well there's a new movie coming out about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. About uh-huh. I can't remember what it's called though. Eliza be mad that I can't remember what it's called. Do you remember what it's called?
2: Oh, I can't either. All
0: Sorry, right. Eliza. All right, we're in big trouble. But the fact is Ruth Bader Ginsburg health, Ginsburg's health is of paramount importance to people on both sides because right now you have a 5-4 majority on the court. And, you know, Justice Roberts came out and said to President Trump, we don't have Obama judges and we don't have Bush judges and we don't have Trump judges. We just have judges who are trying to do their best. And I think that that's a nice thing to think.
2: It would be nice. It would be nice if it were
0: true. But Donald Trump tweeted out and says, nope, sorry, Judge Roberts. We do have Obama judges and they're all awful and they stink. That's not a verbatim (laughs) tweet. But. It's become so political, and everybody on either side recognizes that. And the 5-4 majority that has apparently been formed, although I don't think anything really changed in terms of the ideology of the court when Kavanaugh was confirmed. Kennedy was a very conservative justice on almost every point, and Roberts is sort of taking it upon himself to be the kind of swing judge that Kennedy was to avoid any huge lurches in either direction. But if Ginsburg were to die and Donald Trump were to appoint a replacement who was a hardcore right-wing judge, which is exactly what he would try to do, it would be unbelievable nuclear war.
2: Well, the Democrats are going to control the House, though, soon. So. Yeah, but
0: that doesn't mean anything for a confirmation of a judge. Oh, you're right. I Well, we'll discuss that when we get back from our break. Yeah, when I was running for the House of Representatives, I had a lot of people saying, which judges will you vote for? And I had to explain to them, the House doesn't vote for any judges. Judges are confirmed, the the, the phrase in the Constitution is, with the advice and consent of the Senate. Yeah. And that has meant a number of different things throughout history. It used to be that they would just, they never held hearings, uh, and they just sort of rubber-stamped everything. And it really wasn't until Robert Bork in the 80s, that judges became nuclear war, you know, fight over judges were, was was like nuclear war, and the issue was abortion. It all comes down to the issue of abortion. And I think it's very unlikely that even with a majority of conservatives on the court that anything's going to happen to Roe versus Wade. Yeah. So, but we've ta- we had a long discussion about that. It
2: would that. be nice just to move on from that. Like, well,
0: it would be, and the country isn't willing to do that. Yeah. Neither side is willing to do that. And it's just stunning to me how unwilling we are to be able to get along. And the, one of the things I admire about Ruth Bader Ginsburg more than anything else is that her best friend on the court, you know who it was? No. Antonin Scalia.
2: Oh, he's dead though, right? He
0: is dead. But he was the arch conservative and he was the boogeyman for oh, everybody. Oh, she
2: lost her best friend? Yeah. That's um, sad. They used I'm to sorry. go on vacations
0: together. They, they were really, really... Fun. It was, they would
2: go bar hopping, go to clubs. <laughs> right.
0: They went clubbing. Can you imagine Ruth Bader Ginsburg going clubbing?
2: No. She went back to work a day after she got cancerous mass masses removed from her lungs. Yeah, it's very which impressive. Is barely, which very is impressive. She's
0: 85 years old. Uh, remarkable, remarkable fortitude there. It's just, I, I remember I went and actually saw the Supreme Court in oral arguments. Yeah. And... My reaction to Ruth Bader Ginsburg is that she looks eerily like Hans Molman. Do you know who Hans Molman is? Nope. He's the character on The Simpsons who's really, really old. I'm
2: Hans Molman. Wait, Simps- wait Homer's dad?
0: No, that's that's Grandpa Simpson. I'm yeah. Hans Molman is the short little guy with glasses.
2: I don't know who that is.
0: It's like everybody's cheering in the movie theater for Mr. Burns' movie. No, they weren't cheering. They were booing.
2: I don't know. Explaining a scene to me still. All right. Like anyway. anyway.
0: And uh, also Clarence Thomas was asleep. I That's was, my dream job. I was sitting there. One watch- that
2: you can sleep through. <laughs> right. Man.
0: I was watching oral arguments what and I, I thought. What I wouldn't give. What is it? Can't you at least. Uh, Clarence Thomas never ever asks questions in oral arguments. But, Maybe
2: he's dreaming that he does. Well, yeah. Like, have you, you ever had dreams that like in the morning like that you get up and get ready? And then you actually wake up and you're like, oh, I have to do it again. Yeah. Maybe he's dreaming that he's doing
0: it. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. And it'll be interesting. I mean, Clarence Thomas, he was confirmed in 1991, and he was in his 50s then, so he's in his mid-70s. I mean, how much longer are these guys going to be on the court? And it it would it, be wonderful if we created a system where we had – 18 year term that was staggered every two years.
2: Yeah, that would be nice.
0: So that we would have a reliable turnover. Could someone in the court. get
2: on that, please.
0: It's a good plan. I think someone
2: go back in time after you kill Hitler, go to the founding fathers and tell them to do this. All right.
0: Well, that is my New Year's recommendation for the government, not just the going back in time and killing Hitler, but we need to approach the Supreme Court. What would be your recommendations to lawmakers everywhere as we go into 2019?
2: Um. Stop tweeting dumb things and get along with other people. We're all just humans on this rock floating in space. Wow,
0: well, that's profound. Just trying
2: to figure our way out, you know? Let's, uh, let's help each other.
0: It's a town full of losers and I'm pulling out of here to win.
2: I don't know what that is either.
0: Oh, sorry, it doesn't even apply. It's Bruce Springsteen.
2: But that didn't apply at all.
0: No, but I Why would you
2: interrupt my soliloquy with that?
0: Well, because I've been watching Springsteen on Broadway on Netflix. Oh, okay. And it's good stuff. All right. Anyway, if you are listening to this podcast on the radio, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or go to the KSL Podcast Center. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun things to talk about next year. And until then, this is Jim Bennett.
2: I'm Abby Bennett.
0: And we'll see you next year. Hopefully
2: on... the government's back up. That's we'll right. see.